Walter pushed down the brake of the Volvo S60 with such momentum he jolted forward and almost hit the leather steering wheel. He stared angrily at the drunk braggarts who were crossing the streets without any sense of urgency. Walter's eyes flashed fiery red with anger. Shitty llama liquor! He roared, waving his hands furiously at the group. One of the men he was waving his fist at turned around and banged on the hood of the car. Son of a bitch, he muttered under his breath. He opened his glove compartment and reached for a gun tucked into it. I'm going to fuck every one of these motherfuckers up. Then what happens after that? A calm voice asked from the back seat. I keep shooting till they're all fucking dead. I'll make it count, Aloysia. Vutter muttered angrily. A few minutes ago, you were saying we're 15 minutes late. If you decide to pursue this line of action, do we have any chance of getting there? I can't stand them, Aloysia. They are unruly, uncivilized, wild fox, he said, gritting his teeth, as the man made masturbating motions in front of his car. Let it go. He'll get bored. Aloysia said, placing her hand on his shoulder. After a minute, the man raised his middle finger and walked away. We have to stay focused on the plan at hand. Do you understand that, Volta? We either come out of this victorious or not at all. There is no middle. The stakes are too high to be worried about him. Aloysia concluded, wiping the bread blood stains from her cheeks. Yes, boss. Volta responded as he pushed the accelerator and slowly began to move through the crowded streets. These folks need to learn how to be orderly. I'm sure it'll be your first action. Let's not jinx it, she responded coldly, shifting in her chair. There are lots of crazy people living in this city. Your father wanted to make it the envy of the world before the dragon baron decided to take the city into his own arms. He deserves what comes to him. I'm sure he doesn't expect that the daughter of General Wilhelm Groner would return the favor. Aloysia shifted uncomfortably in her seat. I, I apologize, boss. I know you don't like comparing yourself to your father, Walter remarked solemnly. I'm not sure my father will approve of my ways. For one thing, my father did not believe in violence. He believed that the good would prevail eventually. He was the naive man who believed in pipe dreams and stupid quotes. I trusted his words for too long, and I watched the people I loved disappear because the iron grip of the dragon baron got tighter. A lot of people say the war changed my father. People said he did unconscionable things during the war. The man I grew up knowing never did such violent things. He paid the price for his naivety. A city like this needs strong, firm hands. They would be lucky to have you 
Valter interjected. A naked man darted across the street. Valter pushed the brakes abruptly again. Aloysia grabbed the passenger seat to keep from hitting it hard. Nutsack bastard! Valter yelled, pounding on his accelerator and swerving towards the naked man. Aloysia sat back in her chair. You sure know how to make friends in this city, she said, regaining her composure. She reached for the hanky, which had fallen to the ground, and continued to wipe the blood off her arm. It's not my fault they're all crazy, Walter barked. I know the chaos makes you crazy, but it honestly is the only thing that calms me. There's something beautiful about the organized chaos, Aloysia said, staring out the window. The road was filled with humans trying to get to their destinations. From how they were dressed, you could gain some idea of who they were. The immaculately dressed man who had bodyguards to make a path for him to the crowd on his way to gamble his ill-earned cash in the boxing match. The young men staring in awe as women flaunt their goods to them. One of them taking a step forward but immediately being rejected. The man who has nothing to live for, running around the city with his penis flailing in all directions. The young girls with no prospect of success in life, going from brothel to brothel, hoping to get a chance to sell themselves to make ends meet. Then there was the crowd of people who thought this is all a good time. In the utter despair of it all, there were some who thought it was all fun and were willing to pay for a night wallowing in the positivity of another human's despair. Walter took a right turn and slowed down as they arrived at the Grand City Hotel. The car came to a halt and he turned around in his chair. How do you feel? He asked, looking her down. I feel... Aloysia paused. I feel good. We have waited for this day for a long time, boss. Walter continued. I know. Aloysia smiled. I can't say that I'm comfortable with this plan. I think it's a bit too risky. Walter paused. I know I have said it a few times and you came out unscathed, but I have a bad feeling about this one. Really? Great timing. It's one way to boost my fucking confidence, Aloysia responded aggressively, running her hands through her hair. He wanted us to be honest, boss, he continued, staring at her through the mirror as she tied her hair up in a bun and held it up with two sharp-edged pins. Once she was done, Alasia sat in the back seat in a red-fitting dress. I will have to tell the boys you look great in red, Walter continued, giving an awkward smile. Walter, I need you to shut the fuck up. Alasia exploded. Then she took a few deep breaths and sat back in her chair. I'm sorry. I've always told you to speak, but sometimes, Walter... She turned to see the attendant head out the entrance of the hotel towards the car. 
Sometimes I just need some time to think. Walter nodded. Understood, ma'am. He paused. Do you think they'll notice that? He asked, staring at the two pins she used to hold up her hair. They won't, she said confidently. How can you be so sure? I have made it this far, haven't I? Aloysia said triumphantly. Walter nodded approvingly. What do we do about the body? Walter asked in a whisper as the hotel attendant approached the car. Find somewhere remote and dump it. Come back here with something else. Something not too conspicuous and don't do anything to bring attention to yourself. You think she deserved it? I would have ripped her throat a hundred more times if I had the chance. No regrets. Aloysia's eyes twinkled and she forced a smile as the attendant reached the door and opened it. Don't you see we're talking, you cock-shaped twit? Walter bellowed at him. The attendant looked confused. Ignore him, Aloysia said, stepping out. He's having a bad day. Aloysia smiled, showing her pearly white teeth and highlighting her high cheekbones. Of course, madame, the attendant said as he pointed her towards the entrance of the hotel. Welcome to the Grand, he declared with a smile. Aloysia made a move towards the door. Boss, aren't you forgetting something? Walter called out to her. We're expected, Aloysia said to the attendant. You are expected? The man looked from Aloysia to Walter. I was told to mention the phrase, Wo sich Fuchs und hasse gute Nacht segen. Aloysia continued. You're here for the boss? The attendant asked, looking suspiciously at Aloysia and then Walter. I see, he finally said. Come with me, he said, shutting the door. He led Aloysia through the entrance. Is this your first night coming here for the boss? This is my very first time. Sorry. I was told to expect a Madame Janina Kleiber. Madame Kleiber often lets us know if she's unable to make it. You tell the boss that Madame Aloysia Grone is here to see him. I'm sure he will entertain my visit, Aloysia responded. I see, the attendant continued. The two of them walked into the large hotel lobby. Chandeliers hung low from the ceilings in lights that were designed to look like candles. The ceilings were made of dark brown wood and it meshed well with the white walls and their large arced areas. The floors were tiled in diamond patterns and they had been polished so much Aloysia could see almost a mirror-like reflection of herself in it. There were sitting areas in the lobby where finely dressed people sat and drank wine and tea while sitting and talking in low voices. Compared to the chaos outside, this place seemed tranquil. The man walked her to a room and turned the handle. Wait here, while I contact the boss upstairs. Aloysia nodded and walked into the room. The man locked the door behind her. The silence slowly crept into the room, like small waves. 
The chaos and activity were gradually drowned out by the impending screams of silence. Aloysia felt her chest tighten. She closed her eyes. Everything is fine. It's going as planned. Nothing is going to happen, she muttered. She opened her eyes and looked wildly around the room for any pipes or vents. I'm no longer trapped with the darkies. I'm free. I am free. I am free. She continued to mutter. The silence continued to envelop the room. And she felt like it was sucking out all the air. She felt her heart pounding. And she felt the tremors in her body. She stared at the door hoping that it would swing open soon, as the silence in the room forced her to listen to the voices that she knew was always there. No. No. No, she muttered. Not here. Not now. For every second she sat in the room, the voices got louder, and they started calling out to her. Aloysia. Aloysia. The familiar, peaceful voice of her father called out to her. Aloysia clutched her chest. Not now, she said, as a stream of sweat ran down her forehead. There's nothing so delightful as hearing or the speaking of the truth, my daughter. I have not always been a good man, but I am a man who sees open all things. Understand this. No evil can happen to a good man, either in life or death. You're wrong, father, Aloysia responded. You say all these things that sound good, but they only make you seem weak. You became trapped under the burden of your past deeds and we suffered the consequences of it. You're weak. You left us to die. Plato did not save us from the Truxy. I died every time those gases filled my lungs. Yet somehow I returned, enlightened, alive and focused. Yet you call out to me from the land of the dead, trying to anchor me to the philosophies that left us, helpless to the advances of a tyrant. I beg you, Father, let me be, Aloysia responded firmly. My beautiful girl, the greatest penalty of evil doing is growing into the likeness of a bad man, he continued. Let me be, father. Let me be, father. Let me be! The waves of silence disappeared, and Aloysia felt the urgency of the present. Who are you talking to? Asa stood, confused looking around the large room. I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear you come in, Aloysia said, her voice still slightly shaky. I'm not sure how relevant that it is to what is going on right now. Ignoring the outburst for just a second, I'm curious about something. You said you are from Madame Kleiber, right? Yes, she sent me. She told me to use the code word Vosigfuchs, Und has a Gartenacht, Sagan. And I'll be taken to see the Dragon Baron, Aloysia responded. I see. 
Hassel said, looking confused. And what does that code phrase mean? Hassel asked, his eyes trying to pierce her mind. I, I'm a little confused by the phrasing. Technically, it means where the fox and the egg say goodnight. I believe it was the code to get through security, Alessia continued. It means nothing at all. It's no code word at all. I'm confused about one thing. Why would Madame Kleiber let you know that the boss is here tonight? Who the fuck are you? Alessia stared blankly at Hasso. Not so chatty now? Hasso looked around. Your papa decided to take a time out? He waved his hand dismissively. What have you done with Madame Kleiber? Where the fuck is she? Aloysia continued to stare blankly. Hasso turned around to face the attendant standing in the doorway. He said there was a man who drove her. The attendant nodded. Remember what he looked like? Anything that stood out? The attendant shook his head. All I know is when I approached, they were whispering. Well, would you like to share what you were talking about? Hassel said, turning to Aloysia. Aloysia turned her gaze from Hassel to the attendant. I know how to make you talk, Hassel concluded. Frederick! He called out to the guard outside the door. Come in here. I want you to stay with this bitch. I'm going out with some of the men in search of a Volvo S60. The man walked into the room and gave Aloysia a cold stare. If you have touched a strand of hair on her head, I'll make you pay for it, Hassel said, heading for the door. If she moves, shoot her, but make sure she lives. I have unfinished business. The man nodded. Hassel and the attendant stepped out, and Aloysia was left alone with the man, who had his arms crossed in front of the door. They stared at each other for what seemed like forever. Aloysia sat quietly, staring at the man in front of the door with cold, dead eyes. She felt her heartbeats begin to rise. She felt her head bopping back and forth as the silence in the room was replaced with the sounds of adrenaline pumping all over her body. Hey, I need you to stay put, okay? The man said, watching confused as Aloysia nodded her head in what seemed to be frantic and disturbing movements. Are you okay? The man took a step forward, then stopped. Lady, I'm going to have to ask you to stop. The man placed his hand on the butt of his gun and slowly walked towards Aloysia. Aloysia could hear the beating of her heart over the silence in the room. This was the feeling she gets before she sprang into action. She felt her mind engulfed in the beat. She knew the man was approaching. She did not need to look. She could sense. She could just sense it. Stop moving or I'll blow your brains out, the man declared, reaching out to touch her. I mean it. You crazy? He continued, pushing her head back. Lady, I need you to stay the fuck still. The man clamped down on Aloysia's forehead like a vice to keep it steady. It happened in an instance. Aloysia reached for the one of the pins, holding her hair up, revealing a blade. She pushed the pin into the man's hand and pulled out. The edge 
cut through his skin like a hot knife through butter. The man looked down in shock as his hands dangled on his arm, held together only by a thin layer of skin. He was about to let out a scream when Aloysia sprung to her feet and drove the pin through his neck. The man fell to the floor, clutching at his throat and kicking everything around him. Aloysia dropped to the ground as the door swung open. She grabbed the man's gun from the ground beside him and pulled the trigger. The man in the doorway fell to the ground. Aloysia sprang to her feet, the beat raging in her head as she calculated her next options. Next step, elevator. Next step, elevator. Next step, elevator. She made a dash out of the room towards the elevator. The people in the lobby who were standing, shocked in the hallway, dispersed in chaos as the blood-driven Aloysia pushed the elevator button frantically. They headed for the door in shrieks and screams. The elevator door swung open and Aloysia jumped in and pushed the P button. The only place he could be was the penthouse. Aloysia stood in silence as the elevator slowly ascended to the top floor. 29, 30, 31, 32. She stood there watching the numbers, bobbing her head to the imaginary beat. She dropped to her knees just after the 35th floor and before the elevator slid open on the penthouse floor. The bullets tore through the elevator door and dented the walls behind her. Aloysia lay on the ground watching in slow motion as the bullets flew past her head. Through the small opening, Aloysia saw the two men and pulled her trigger twice. Ding! Penthouse floor. The elevator chimed. Aloysia got to her feet just as the two men fell forward onto the elevator ground. She stood in silence as the doors of the elevator tried to close, but the bodies prevented it. In her mind, she was counting to ten as the blood filled the elevator cabin and soaked in her shoes. At ten, she jumped out, her eyes darting in all directions. She turned around, look left, look right, there was no one there. She took a step towards what she knew was the master bedroom. It was eerily quiet. She continued cautiously, watching for anything that moved, anything or anyone that could jump at her from any direction. She reached the door and kicked it open and walked in. A man jumped out of the corner and lunged for her. Aloysia reached for the second pin in her hair. She pulled her hand back as the man lunged for it. As the man grabbed her hand, she swung her other hand with the knife at the man's neck. The knife passed through his neck and he stumbled forward, clutching at his throat. Aloysia pointed a gun at him and pulled the trigger. His head exploded into a million droplets of blood and matter. Mike sat in the corner of the room as Aloysia slowly approached him. So... You, you are the one. I have thought long and hard about who could have gotten so close to him and dry off in an old rumor. I couldn't picture anyone in my head. Now that I see you, it all makes sense that you are the one. Mike said in a solemn tone. 
He reached for his bottle of brandy and poured himself a drink. He drowned it in one swallow. Maybe I've always known. Maybe I've always known that I would be destroyed by my kindness. I should have put a bullet in you and your mother's head. Instead, I took umbrage at the fact that I knew your father for so long. I told myself, throwing you into the darkies was enough punishment. You would live your life in a dream and die quietly. Yet, like a dream, here you are, Aloysia Grona. Aloysia slowly walked to the table and stood across from Mike. I didn't even need to see your face. Instinct told me I could only be one person. Only one person can leave so many people methodically dismembered. Your father, he was a strong man until he wasn't. We fought together. And I was always amazed in the way he could take out a room. He was the best fighter I ever seen. Sure, there's John, who's no longer in his prime, and Antonio, who's simply a brute. But your father was an artist in destruction. It's only poetic that this happens. I should have known. Mike poured himself another drink. I am ready. I am ready for my death. For what you did to me, to my mother, I'm going to take you out slowly, Aloysia said, wiping the blood from her knife as she leaned into Mike. Like a dream. Take me out slow? What the fuck do you think this is? Do you think this is some game? You're great, but you're not invincible. As we speak, my men are rushing up the stairs with the intention of taking you out quick. So you have the opportunity now, girl. Pull the trigger. What are you waiting for? Closure? You think taking your time to kill me will give you a chance at closure? Seems you have a hint of your father's weakness. I did love when your father could blow someone's brains out without thinking. Then he became that Buddha-spitting hypocrite. I hated his guts so much. I put a pillow to his head and blew his brains out. Then I went home and had cocoa with my girls. If I had a chance, I would do it again. This time, I would blow your fucking brains out too. Aloysia stood across from him her hands shaking as she heaved in and out. Her breathing was heavy, and her bloodshot eyes stared at Mike's defiant face. Fuck that Buddha, Plato-spitting motherfucker. Fuck his slut of a mother, and fuck you. Pull the trigger! Pull the trigger, you bitch! Pull it! Aloysia tossed the gun on the bed. There will be nothing poetic about your death. You would die like the other dogs. She said. She made a dash at Mike, who jumped to his feet and tried to reach for her weapon. Aloysia body-checked him and forced him to lose his balance. Mike stumbled back onto the wall behind him, but 
He grabbed at Aloysia's shoulder, but his hand slipped because of all the blood. Aloysia kicked him in his groin, and Mike fell to his knees with a pained look on his face. I was so confident I would get you today. Not because I have some special insight into how your security works, or I had a master plan. I simply knew you have become overconfident. Ten years ago, I probably wouldn't have caught you without a weapon. Here you are, the dragon baron, kneeling helplessly in front of me. You deserve this, Aloysius said. She grabbed a handful of his hair and pulled his head back. He let out a groan. Tell him and Arnold Roma, that I'm coming for them even in death. When the knife pierces your throat, I want you to scream so loud your kids hear you. I want them to know that their father died like a dog. The blade pierced its throat and his skin split. Crimson red liquid oozed out forcefully, spraying into the table and on the marble floor. Mike clutched and clutched before finally falling forward and kicking at the floor wildly. Aloysia stared at him, her eyes brightened with bloodlust as Mike struggled on the floor. I am not weak like my father. I just wanted to take it all in. She paused. I killed the dragon baron. Her eyes widened in excitement. She let out a maniacal laugh. <laughs> I fucking killed the dragon baron. Suddenly, the door swung open and Asso rushed in. Aloysia jumped for the gun on the bed. Has pulled the trigger first and the bullet passed through her shoulder, forcing her back onto the floor. Aloysia rolled under the bed immediately. What have you done, bitch? Hassel bellowed, approaching the bed. Aloysia rolled under the bed and jumped out the other side. I killed the dragon baron, motherfucker. She pulled the trigger and Hassel fell back onto the ground. He was dead in seconds. <sighs> I don't have much time before the Calvary arrives, she muttered to herself. The pain shot to her body as she stumbled towards the door of the room. She walked out slowly, gripping her shoulder tight as the blood oozed out of it. She stepped into the elevator and fell to the floor, using the wall as leverage. She used her leg to push the cops of the two men out. The elevator door closed. I do look beautiful, she said, catching the reflection of a blood-soaked body on the reflective ceiling. The boys would like me in this dress. The lady in red. Aloysia felt a laugh beginning to build. It won't be long now. I'm going to own this all. Aloysia slumped to the floor, laughing hysterically as the elevator descended.